Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations. As we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Dave Sobel, welcome to It's TechTastic. It is lovely to have you here. Thanks for having me, Christian. This is going to be great fun. You have a podcast that we were just talking about, which sounds like something my listeners should definitely be listening to. What is the name of your podcast? So my show is The Business of Tech, and it's a daily news and commentary show where I offer news stories of the day with a segment called Why Do We Care? to give you perspective on why I think those stories are important. And that's particularly relevant right now with the amount of changes that are occurring on almost a daily basis due to things like AI, which as the audience knows well, I am very involved in. There's a lot that we could talk about on that front. And one of those is where both the ethics impact of what's going on with AI, uh, but there's also the opportunity that's being missed, I think, by a lot of the companies that are going into it. There's a lot of focus on the generative AI space and creating images or creating something out of nothing. But from my perspective, what we're trying to do is we're trying to use these new technologies to fix existing problems within companies. And uh, you don't hear a lot about that. I think it's probably because it's the plumbing. It's not the sexy part. It's the part that just needs to get done. Well, but that's, but for, and I smile and go for any of us in services, like the plumbing and the boring bits. Yeah, that's the best because that's the bit everybody <laughs> needs. And that's the bit you're going to make money off of uh, because, because you're going to put it together. I'm with you that I think this is at a super exciting time. I like it because it's a complex problem with multiple outcomes and different results for different organizations, which the immediately when I say all of that, yeah, that again, consulting custom bespoke work that's all great services revenue that's why i think this is important and anything with tough ethical concerns and areas where we have to think about how that applies to the business again super relevant interesting areas it's kind of like a mashup of technology and compliance and regulatory and big vision all at the same time and I wonder why there isn't as much excitement about it. I think it might be because it is plumbing, it's in the wall, it's not visible, so it doesn't feel sexy. But I wonder if it's also just a lack of, you and I have been in this field for a while, right? Like we, I can look at you and say, yeah, he's been doing this for a while and I've been doing it for 30 years. It takes a lot of experience to really understand what's needed, where it's needed, uh, what impacts things are gonna have. And with any new technology, you tend to just have a lot of exuberance and I'll just call it youthful exuberance and energy coming in. And it takes a while for those of us that have been in any space to go, wait a second, how can I apply this to where I've been? And, and to take that in, because it's just a lot to look at. And somebody that doesn't have that experience just can't make those connections at all. And so they're just looking at the flashy first. Yeah, to, to a certain degree. I mean, you're exactly right. Like that's, that's what grizzled experience gets you is, right? I've been burned <laughs> enough times to know what's bad. Uh, and by the way, those of us in, in the implementer world, we know also that like most of the time, the hype doesn't live up. Right. Uh, you know, let me look at all the, the last rounds, you know, metaverse, 3D printing, crypto, blockchain. It's like none of these actually made a dent in actual businesses. Like they weren't a thing, but this one's different 
because I'm seeing too much actual use and real implementation in actual businesses. And that's the bit that I look for is, is, oh, wait a second, the use cases became pretty obvious pretty fast that there were real things we could do here. Now, there's a lot of things you shouldn't do here too, which is why they like, let's put some guardrails to it. But it's exciting because the use cases started becoming obvious fast and then you kept finding new ones. So let's talk about those guardrails. What are the places you think that it's just an obvious miss, like it shouldn't go there? Well, just don't let the AIs do everything. Like, I think that's the <laughs> obvious one to start with. Like every, if you look at every bad experience that we're chuckling with, it's where somebody just blindly took it. I love picking on that lawyer that got into trouble by asking ChatGPT to write the briefs that it quickly oh. made up a whole, because it's, again, we're all groaning because <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, I could have told you that was going to happen. <laughs> but by the way, that's true of every technology we've ever done. If you just let it do without any actual thought and review, it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> and it's a great example because we chuckle about it, but that also makes a quick emotional attachment. We, the listener, the user, can immediately chuckle and go, oh, yeah, I feel that embarrassment because I totally say it. But it's a good use case to say, think about that. He could have used it as a draft and start reviewing it and say, oh, wait a second, this isn't actually right. And he didn't blindly trust it because those, those of us that are implementing in ways where we're applying it, doing review and using it are finding it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is useful. This is helping me with drafting. This is helping with me reorganization. It's tightening my language or expanding my language. Those are use, good uses for it. Blindly using it, not so much. And they've heard of it, they've experienced it a little bit, like maybe they sat down with ChatGPT once and they're like, they'll ask me the same question and it's usually, is it this a dystopian thing or is this a utopian thing? Is this gonna free us all from work or is this gonna eliminate all our jobs? And, and I keep going back and saying, it's neither. Like it, it's gonna help you be better at what you do if you learn how to use it, but that's just it, it's a tool. You know, it's more powerful than maybe Google was because it, it gives you more access to information faster. It can help go down paths you'd never consider. That's great, but it's just a tool. Well, and it's a different one too, because we immediately want to compare it to Google, but it's not a search engine. It's right. actually like kind of more a drafting ideas engine than a search engine. And when I pair it with a search engine, that can be very powerful. Or when I actually, you know, I'm finding I use it a ton for summarization or for synthesis of information. Like it's able to look at large data sets for me and pull ideas and, and things out of it far easier than I can do on my own. Or it'll find, you know, it'll help me with deep duplication or it'll help me with yeah. taking a really long piece and, and pulling out some things that I should focus on. And by the way, that's also true when we look at it in like medical applications, when we're finding the most interesting bits is where it takes this really large bank of knowledge and makes it really available to doctors that may not necessarily know that space and it gives them starting points. Like those examples are where this is super useful. Yeah, actually you said something there that uh, reminded me of why we went the path that we did the ability to use the web, the ability to have those different drafts. And actually, if you could see my whiteboard behind me and you knew what it was saying, you'd understand kind of the concept behind what we built. And I just said, I described it over and over again as it's an orchestrating polyagent AI application. And so it uses our intent, our desires, what we are trying to accomplish as a starting point. And then it orchestrates by, well, it starts off by asking a bunch of questions to try and understand what you really want. And then it sets guardrails for itself 
itself that you say yes to, and then it starts executing on whatever that plan is. Now, for us, it's a very specific thing that we're solving for, but uh, we built up code around the thing to give it the guardrails to keep it constrained, but there still always has to be that human intent because First of all, it doesn't have any desires of its own. It's just a bunch of ones and zeros floating around in the in the ether somewhere. And this is why I think that the conversations around utopia or dystopia really bug me. I actually get offended by the question often because I'm like, is fire going to destroy society or build society like it's necessary for a modern society? We wouldn't have it without it. But at the same time, you know, the fires in the West might burn us down too. It's not fire's fault. It's how we use it and how we respond to the technology that's important. And this gets me back to the ethic piece, because if we sit down and say that it's a great blank page starter, I, I hate the blank page, right? It's a great starting point, but it doesn't replace the responsibility of the doctor to determine whether or not that's the right diagnosis. It might give you a bunch of options. It might tell you where to begin, but it sure as hell isn't going to tell you the treatment response to it. Well, and technologists, we, we love having our stuff be the most important thing ever. And we're really full of ourselves sometimes on that stuff. And, and ultimately, like you really, again, you want to link this back to customers, right? The people that actually will buy these things. And we want to link it back to the outcomes of those their results with that. And when we can show improvement in the thing that they do, now it's actually something that is really important, right? And that's the, the linkage that we need to do. And we need to make that real for customers. That's when these scenarios are going to be useful. And I'm 100% with you. Like, this is all about, like, humans using this stuff to do human stuff and be better humans. Like, that's really what we're trying to get to, right? And we're going to measure that in all kinds of different ways. That may be in, in, in legal. We're going to measure that different than we do in medical. We're going to measure that different in retail. We're going to measure that different in automotive and manufacturing, like, each individual bit. And that's where, like, you know, I love marinating in that kind of services businesses because that's the kind of interesting fun bit is becoming the the expert not only in the technology but in the industries that you're applying it to and bringing the two together to create some kind of interesting value now, that's really fascinating to me is that services space because you see so many different domains you see so many different use cases just by being in it right each customer is going to have a different way that they implement they're going to have a different need uh, and so you're getting a good view of how AI, actually you mentioned a lot of topics that I think are just fascinating as a, why didn't they pan out to be the way that they should have been? Like, why wasn't blockchain a big deal? I have my opinions on it. I thought it was a terrible idea to start with, but uh, each of those is topics that we want to talk about here. But what's different about AI? Why is AI so different? It's getting adoption so much faster. People are finding uses for it. Is it because AI is a general technology, more like fire or a wheel, that can be applied to many different things, whereas 3D printing, blockchain, VR, seem like they were a technology purpose built for something that maybe isn't that important? So for me, I think what the key difference is, is that there is real tangible outcomes that we can make with this bit. I also want to push a little bit back on the like, hey, it happened real fast. Like anybody in the AI space will point to the decades worth of work that they've been doing to get to this point. They hit an inflection point and things have accelerated really quickly. And additionally, they had a really good accidental consumer launch, right? That, that made general awareness very, very high. Um, I think those are the, the kind of bits, but, but what also I think that final little bit is, is that there's enough there there that end customers 
real people can say, oh, I see what it does and how it's useful to me. And there's a lot more examples of that in AI, specifically as we're talking about generative AI. There's a lot of applications where people immediately go, oh, I see how this works for me. Whereas something like blockchain, even a lot of the blockchain people really struggled to explain like what it's for, yeah. <laughs> like, like what do we do with it? And you know, if you can't explain it to your parents, there's kind of a flaw there. By the way, they're also known as customers. Like they are not the technologists and they're the people that are going to actually buy this stuff and use it. If you can't explain the why to them, maybe this. Oh my wrong. goodness. Yeah. So uh, you don't know this about me, but the audience does. Uh, the company I was in before the one I'm currently running, uh, they brought me in to fix the problem of like, we have this technology and we want to use it to do this thing. Uh, and we don't understand why nobody's buying it. And it was a blockchain based company. And so I came in and that was the first question I asked. I said, who are we solving a problem for? What problem is it we're solving? You have a technology here that maybe it solves a problem, but you've never described to me what the problem is. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like, you've got to be able to explain it. And you have to explain it to the people that right. have the money. <laughs> that will buy it. <laughs> like it's, 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 you know, and, and we, we look, I I'm a, I'm a technologist for technology's sake sometimes. Like you can, we, a lot of us get into this because we like gadgets and technology and we like playing with it. And the intellectual exercise is a blast. Like I'm totally on board with that. But at the end of the day, we're in the business of building businesses that requires revenue that comes from people that have to buy our stuff, right? And they have to buy our stuff generally with people that need to help putting it together. And that's that's the services side of it all. And so you laugh at it, but, but you really can't lose sight of that stuff. And if you lose sight of that, that's where oh, it wanders off. Wanders into off into crazy should be the title of my biography, I think. The, the playing with the technology for technology's sake is the danger that you get into as a technologist. That's why I consider myself a recovering technologist. I've actually, uh, if you were to see where I live now, you'd say that guy's kind of a Luddite, like he's hiding from the technology world. And part of that's just to get a step away and evaluate everything from a degree removed because I am that geek. I am the one that wants to sit down and play with everything. And I'd say that my entire audience is probably composed of those exact things. So I'm laughing because the things you're saying are the things I tell myself and I tell the audience because it's a, it's a constant reminder. We have to remember that. It's not about how fun it is for you to play with it. If nobody else gets value from it, nobody's gonna pay you to use it. So you've got to focus on that first. And that's the only thing you can think about. And if you start the conversation with, check out this cool technology I just found, what do you think we could make with it? You're starting the conversation from the wrong side. <laughs> right. I mean, and I'm with you. But, so I, I'm actually so the other end, like I'm a big I'm a big technology geek. And I freely admit that part of my hobby is playing with stuff. But in my house, there's actually a really important test. It's called the Sharon test. My wife, Sharon, if she likes that, if there is an actual use to the technology, I have a winner. And you know how few <laughs> times that actually happens because she's distinctly not an early adopter on this stuff, but is incredibly practical and has a really good mind for what is useful and what is not. And I can list on one hand sometimes the actual gadgets and gizmos that she has adopted because of certain use cases. And they are winners. And I know I've got a winner when I see her adopt something as opposed to what I'm doing, which by the way, is a hobby. <laughs> if it doesn't make money, yeah. it's a hobby. But you've got the Sharon <laughs> test, I've got the Steph test and the answer that I usually, like I don't wanna hear, but I often hear is, 
That's stupid. Nobody's gonna use this. <laughs> Your wife and mine get along. That's stupid, is I'm told many times. <laughs> <laughs> So um, why don't you tell us more about what your consultancy is and your podcast and uh, why my listeners should be listening. Sure. So I'm really focused on helping those in any realm of IT services understand what's going on in the world with some kind of analysis. There's a ton of stuff going on out there. And the problem I'm trying to solve is that there's too much to consume all at once. And you need a trusted filter that's going to look at this, review it, and put it in some kind of perspective. And that's what my show is, is it's a daily news show that's roughly eight minutes of your time. And I know everybody listens at 1.5, so you can get through it faster. But <laughs> the idea is, is somebody's watching a bunch of that stuff, pulling out pieces. And then I answer the question, why do we care? To give you some kind of perspective, say, hey, I've been doing IT services delivery for 30 years. This is why I think this particular story is important and what you're going to do with it in your business. And so you've got that general source of the pulse of what's going on. You can get that every day. And on the weekends, I dive into a topic with some kind of expert to go a little bit more in depth to say, like, well, what do we need to know about this? Let's talk to somebody else who's a little bit more knowledgeable, who's deep in that field and learn more about that particular field. And so that's the business of tech is trying to give you some kind of perspective on what's going on and how you can apply it in your business. That is an amazing show to be listening to, especially right now with everything going on, technology disruption happening at an accelerating rate. Everybody's looking at what's going to happen in my space. How's it going to impact me? And it's a nice, great shortcut to find out what you should be paying attention to. Dave, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. If anybody's looking for information, everything is at the website at businessof.tech. You can hit the big blue subscribe button to follow the show on whatever your favorite platform is. And uh, I make myself available to answer any listener question, anything anybody's looking for. I'm here to help. Absolute pleasure, Dave. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious.